Good morning, happy Sunday. I am recording for you guys. I think that this is going to be the best way for me to effectively communicate um, with my big mouth and lots of words. Um, The serial killers, the cases we want to talk about. If you don't want to listen, I'm going to post a written version of all the same crap that I'm saying here. So if my voice is super irritating to you, as it is to me, I'm irritated right this moment. Um, Wait for the post. Let's talk about it. I want to hear from you guys what you want to hear. Um, who you want to talk about, if you have questions, you want to get in depth, everything. This is my first time ever doing anything like this. I don't really know what I'm doing. It's going to be weird. It's going to get dark. It's probably not going to be edited in any way. So please bear with me. Um, For this time, I didn't get a lot of feedback from you guys because you probably didn't know what I was going to do with it which is fine so you're stuck with who I picked today I'm going to talk about John Wayne Gacy he's my favorite serial killer favorite in that he is super fascinating to me I'm just fascinated by him so let's jump into it I have multiple sources um Crime Stories is a TV show from a million years ago. Um, Different interviews that he gave. They're on YouTube. Wikipedia, obviously. Biography has a great documentary that's really detailed. So if you want to look into it more on your own, that's a great place to go. So here we go. December 1978. Rob Peast. He's 15 years old. He worked at a drugstore. He was a sophomore in high school. His mother went to pick him up from work and he told her he wanted a few minutes. He wanted to talk to a contractor about a job. Very ambitious 15 year old. Um, Unfortunately, he was never seen alive again. Can you guys guess who the contractor was he went to speak to? John Wayne Gacy. There we go. So. Gacy had a construction company called PDM Contractors and had been known to hire teenage boys, which is a little bit of a red flag, but obviously since he was the last known person to speak with Rob, the police were interested in speaking with him. When asked, you know, they went, they asked him, oh, have you seen this kid? And he was like, no, who are you talking about? What are you talking about? I don't know. Um... So they did a background check on him because they just kind of thought he was a suspicious, shady character. And the background check turned up that 10 years earlier, he had been convicted of sodomy of a teenage boy. Um, so bingo. So once they discovered this, he was placed under 24-hour surveillance. Okay. So according to detectives, he was aware of you know, them surveilling him, of them tailing him, um, and would sometimes be very chummy with them. He would introduce them to people. He would buy their dinner, um, just things that, you know, typically you wouldn't really do. I, I feel like I would be terrified even if I was, well, I am innocent, but 
it's still a scary thing, but he took it in stride. Now, one of these investigators who was tailing him, um, he said that he would change in a split second. He could um, be their best buds. He's, you know, they're being his bodyguards. They're his buddies. They're eating lunch. But then he would be like, they're from the FBI. They're harassing me. They won't leave me alone. He would tell people this. Strangers, friends, neighbors, whoever. So investigators, uh, investigators were able to obtain a search warrant for his house, hoping to find Rob Peace alive. So they had no idea what they were getting into. They observed he had a very neat and clean house, but collected an assortment of odd things. So handcuffs, keys, two handcuffs, garter belts, a random photo receipt, but most troubling thing they recovered on round one of search warrant is a class ring, which it was discovered belonged to a recent high school graduate named John Sick, who also happens to be missing. Interesting coincidence, right? So it came out during interviews with acquaintances of John Mangesi that two of his employees were also missing. Apparently, neither of them had been heard from for two years. So at this point, you know, it's evident we have probably, you know, a little problem. So, you know, they're, they're running around talking to different people. They talk to Rob Peace's mother. They're talking to people at the pharmacy or the drugstore where he worked. And one of his coworkers had told investigators that she put a photo receipt of hers into Rob's jacket. So a minute ago, I mentioned a receipt that they found or they recovered in Gacy's house. That's the same one. So she puts their photo receipt in his pocket. He talks to Gacy. He goes missing. Photo receipt is in his house. No jacket. Because that makes sense, right? So it was revealed when they uh, were kind of checking out his employees, John Mangese's employees for PDM contracting, that Gacy had had them dig trenches for new plumbing in the crawl space of his house. Allegedly, at some point, an investigator claimed he smelled something horrible when a heat vent kicked on. I guess it was um, bringing up the, the air from the basement. So at this point, they just find everything very suspicious. They push to get a second warrant to check out the crawl space. And then at this point as well, Gacy decides to take a trip to his lawyer's office where he wound up staying the night, which is obviously super normal. Do you guys stay at your lawyer's office? Just to talk, sleep over, paint each other's nails, whatever. When he leaves in the morning, he's acting erratically and driving all over town Um, According to police, he had apparently decided to commit suicide and was going around and saying his goodbyes. So one of his first stops is to his regular gas station where he gave some people drugs, as one does when saying goodbyes. Now, fortunately, (laughs) this was enough for them to finally arrest him. Although it was probably sad news for the other people he wanted to say goodbye to and give drugs also. 
On December 21st, 1978, John Mangese goes to jail on drug charge. That's all they could hold him on at this point. The same night, they obtain their search warrant and they go on to conduct their second search. There's a bunch of officers. Some of them are hanging out upstairs, just going through drawers and whatever. Two of them go to check out the crawl space. One of them decided, smartly, to dig down about six inches and came across something hard. What could that be? Bone. It was human bone. And that was the beginning of it all. Gacy was informed he was now under arrest for murder, at which he proceeded, at which point, pardon me, he proceeded to confess in great detail to over 30 murders of young men. Now, I consider, or we should consider, this kind of thing probably took a while for him to conceal and to accomplish, but somehow, even over years, he was able to recall and draw a detailed map of where the bodies in the crawl space were, almost exactly, almost accounting for every single one. Now, here's a little gross fun fact for you guys. Apparently, when, you know, the team goes into the crawl space, they're digging, every time they dig a hole, it fills up with muddy water, right? So even if they find something, Here's a skull, here's a femur, here's a rib, whatever. The hole fills up with water. They have to put everything in buckets and sift through by hand. These are entire skeletons that they had to go through by hand and pick out pieces of. So if you think your job is bad, at least, you know, that's not something you have going on. So... That's how it all unraveled. It was all about Rob Peast. You know, they put it together. They start finding everything because it was all in one place. Once you unravel that thread, you know, it's easy to to follow. So a lot of people were in shock. People in the neighborhood. Um, he had portrayed himself as a family man. He had two children. He hadn't seen in a while because um, his wife and himself had gotten divorced. He was remarried. Um, she had left. But he worked in politics. He did community service. You probably recognize that most um, from when he portrayed Pogo the Clown entertaining children. And I don't know about you guys, but that's terrifying enough for me. Clowns are scary enough on their own. I am not about that. Um, So he, you know, he did do a lot of good for the neighborhood. So a lot of people were not just not expecting that kind of thing to happen, but whoever is, right? So in interviews and and things after the fact, you know, Gacy was really quick to pass the buck. He claimed his victims were homosexual predators, these teenagers, ranging from age 14 to 21, I believe. Um, They're predators to him, him, a grown man, because that makes sense. Um, He claims had they not pursued him, they would have been fine everything's fine so comes out at certain points you know and the stuff they're finding with the bodies um a lot of them were strangled they were asphyxiated um with something that he used to do with a rope 
He used to twist it around their neck, making kind of like a tourniquet knot like he learned in Boy Scouts until they passed out and collapsed. Um, a lot of times he would just be messing around with people in his house, different guys. Um, and he would do something, you know, he referred to as the handcuff trick. So he would put handcuffs on himself, both hands, right? And he would show the person that he could get out. It was like a magic trick. Just, he would just break free from them, right? Just like my pet monster and his breakaway chains, which is my favorite toy. Anyway, he would say, okay, now you try, right? He would have them put the handcuffs on their themselves and then they'd be struggling with it, trying to get a, trying to get it off, um, and get frustrated. And they would say, you know, what's the trick? What's going on? Why can't I get out of this? And he would switch into his insane alter ego and say, the trick is you have to have the key from that point. Um, you know, he would kind of be in this, in this other form where he would torture these people. He would rape them. He would whip them. He would burn them with candles. Um, you know, the luckier ones, unfortunately, were the ones who died, you know, more quickly, which is a total bummer. So he pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. A lot, a lot of psych experts, um, were throwing around different illnesses, mental illnesses, borderline personality disorder, paranoid schizophrenia, amnesia, even, um, He was found guilty and sentenced to death. After all of this, after admitting it to cops, after everything, he claimed he was innocent and that somebody else had killed all all those boys found in his house. Um, Apparently, when he was first arrested for murder, he asked if his cohorts had also been arrested. So... He kind of always tried to pass the buck. Some people have theories that he had an accomplice or he had accomplices. Um, I don't know if I necessarily believe that because it sounds like when he switched, he had a lot of rage issues. Um, And I mean, he had people from his own business digging these trenches and claiming it was for plumbing. So how much manual labor did he actually do? He didn't dismember anyone. He didn't do anything crazy. So I think, you know, he was probably more than capable of just dragging these bodies downstairs, just covering it over. He did um, use lye, I've read, to kind of try to cover up the smell, but there's only so far that goes, as you guys know, from all your extensive use of lye, obviously. So, after, after all this, the reason of insanity, plea, all this, he tries to convince um, investigators his multiple personality disorder. Um, I've read in a couple places that the actual diagnosis was antisocial personality disorder. Um, so there's a couple of things here. I'm kind of interested in this from a psychological 
standpoint or like a family standpoint, a childhood standpoint. If you guys are anything like me, this is kind of where your interest lies. So he grew up with an abusive alcoholic father. Um, He beat John's sisters, his mother, just awful, horrible childhood. Um, His father, because he preferred to do things with his sisters and his mother, like garden, like cook, stuff like that. Um, His father would also verbally abuse him, saying he was a sissy, a mama's boy. Um, He would probably grow up, quote unquote, queer, which, you know, do you, John? Whatever. But it was also said that he would beat him so hard sometimes that he would black out. There is a story about there's a couple different stories like at one point he was accidentally hit in the head with a swing um or his father beat him so hard that he developed a blood clot on his brain and would occasionally pass out so that's interesting to me (coughs) excuse me um just as far as did that have an impact on how he grew up of course it did of course the trauma of course the abuse um living in constant fear you know between himself and his sisters he was the only boy he was the son the only one okay so he was also at age seven molested by a family friend so that i'm sure you know, have something to do with it. How could it not? Um, something else interesting that I heard from his childhood friend, Barry, this is directly out of the biography documentary. His friend Barry claimed that when they were young, he, John, John Mangese, obviously showed him a bag where he had a pair of his mother's underwear and a bra and he was like what are you doing with that and he just said he wondered if he dressed up as a female how would he look so that's just an interesting little thing um he was adamant that he wasn't gay um that he was bisexual he had you know, a lot of conflicting feelings about this. Obviously, this wasn't like an acceptable thing in that period of time. So he would get a lot of flack from everyone if he came out. But it's just kind of, I don't know about a standard he kind of held himself to where that was admitting some kind of weakness or something. But I digress. Um, So, also, another interesting story that I heard, also from biography, is David Cram, who is a former employee, he actually rented a room in Gacy's house. So that's a little odd, because how did you not know all of that was going on, but Let's give him the benefit of the doubt. One night he came home and found Gacy drunk in his clown costume. 
because that is not terrifying at all. Um, they had a few drinks. They were just hanging out. Gacy tricked him into the handcuffs at this point and David got pissed. He was like, let me out of these things. I'm going to kick your ass. This is out of his mouth. He said he would kick his ass. At that point, Gacy switched again, started growling like a dog and chasing him around the room saying, I'm going to rape you. So that's weird. When I heard that, I kind of laughed because it just sounds so odd, but it's obviously not funny at all. So Okay, sorry. Had to take a moment there. My cat was screaming and it was being disruptive. So, back into it. Um, There's obviously a lot, you know, going on. He had a very interesting, terrible childhood. Um, It's argued that maybe you know, some of his mental illness was hereditary. Some say that it was environmental. I want to know what you guys think about this. Do you think he was born or do you think he was made or do you think it was a combination of both, which is more than possible? Okay. So the last kind of thing I want to talk about is there's a really amazing book by Jason Moss. It's called The Last Victim. So this is a real story. This really happened. And Jason Moss wrote this book. He was in college. He wanted to write a paper about serial killers. He was fascinated by them. He decided to write to John Wayne Gacy as if he were one of his victims. Now, when I say that, I mean exhibiting all of the character traits that he would identify in someone and prey on them because of them. So he would say things like his father beat him. He was curious about his sexuality. Maybe he was gay. Um, things like that, how he had a girlfriend, but he didn't know and so on. So he wrote Gacy a letter and he got a reply and they began corresponding. So this book is so interesting and so detailed. It's one of my favorite books. I've read it multiple times. I don't want to give anything away. So if you guys decide to read it, but Basically, even from prison, Gacy is able to manipulate this person who's going in thinking he has a leg up. He's in jail. Gacy's in jail. Jason is safe. He's at home. He's doing a school project, right? But he was so intent on getting into his head. He thought maybe he could get never before heard information for some reason, because I guess in college or high school, We all think that we're the smartest and we're so not, but 
it just really took a turn and it started to weigh on his mind. You know, it started to really bother him. Gacy would call him from jail on the phone. He wanted to visit with him at jail um, before he was executed. It's really intense. Um, Definitely read it if you're into reading. I don't know if they have it like a book on tape type of deal. I know books on tape don't really exist anymore because tapes do not exist anymore. But check it out. Um, I'm going to tell you this because it's relevant. David Cram, who I just mentioned a few moments ago, he was the one being chased around by drunk Clown Gacy in his house. And Jason Moss, who wrote The Last Victim, both committed suicide in the 2000s. Now, it might just be me, but I think there is a direct link between their relationship with Gacy, their their time they spent around him or, you know, he got into their heads, whatever the case is. Um... And neither of them just could could mentally withstand it. And that's that's a really sad, horrible thing. Um, so read the book. Reach out if you ever feel like you're sad, you need to talk to someone. Suicide is not the answer. It's a permanent solution. It gets better. It's my little PSA for you. But in closing... John Wayne Gacy was executed by lethal injection May 10th, 1994, and his last words were, kiss my ass. As I mentioned earlier, I want to hear from you guys. Who do you want to talk about? Who do you want to hear about? Comments, questions, concerns, lay it on me. Let's talk about it. This is for Murderinos by Murderinos. So I want to give the people what they want and make this an open, awesome discussion for everyone. Have a nice day.